Okay, you guys get it. That song was War, Me and My Baby Brother. Me and Baby Brother. And that song definitely hits the episode we're going to talk about today because I want to apologize for the fact that I was gone for a bit. Uh, I usually don't take so many days off from a podcast, but I'm talking about my brother today, my older brother. I heard some terrible news about him the other day and it kind of threw me out for a loop for a bit, a creativity loop, because I haven't thought about him in many years and the news I heard from him or about him kind of brought back a fury, an avalanche of memories growing up with this man, this brother of mine and if you can probably hear my tone, we never didn't have the greatest of relationships. A, a close relationship, brother. As brother says, we maybe should have, but now that I'm older, I realized a lot of the things that he did for me and he basically saved my life by his toughness, his sense of rules that he had coming from the streets, from the jail system, from the penal system. But before I get into that, let me just talk about OnlyFans again, because goddamn, the amount of messages I receive about OnlyFans and the information that I put out from the last episode have been pretty amazing, good and bad. OnlyFans to me is, again, it's, and I hope you listen to the last episode before you listen to this one, because it's kind of important. OnlyFans to me was never a huge thing coming from a website background and thinking that OnlyFans is just was not going to be a thing. It's just a passing thing. But 2020 has been a weird year for everybody. And it has changed a lot of the things that go on with, with everything. I mean, including definitely including the porn industry where a lot of studios have folded just because people can't shoot. There's so many guidelines, so many rules and let me adjust my microphone real quick. Sound kind of weird. <clears throat> that it has made it impossible for the porn industry to put out as much as it did before. It, it for some people you may think that shooting porn is is a simple thing. Yeah, boy, girl, camera, shoot, put out there. It's not like that, especially in in LA County and where a lot of the shit is regulated and quote unquote, real porn is definitely regulated. There's a lot of rules, insurance, testing, things of that nature. But OnlyFans have made it, has made it easy for, again, everybody to do it. Boy, girl, camera, put out there. It's a good, it's, it's good and it's bad. It's good because people get to make money. They're unemployed. People who never even think about doing any kind of nudity are doing it and profiting and good, and good for them. But they're not porn stars. They're not. Okay. I've seen a lot of porn girls that get a good following and they start making a lot of money. And right away, they're thinking they're porn stars. You're not. You're not, you're, a, you're a, a sex worker. I mean, you can call yourself that, but you're not a porn star. You're not at the level of different porn stars. And it may sound like I'm hating a little bit, but in reality, I see a lot of the work that the porn stars actually do. And they work, they put out and the content they put out, they put hours of content, thousands of pictures. Then yet this young girl is going to come in, get a little bit of money off OnlyFans and think that they are at that same level 
which they're not. I'm getting messages about, oh, I want to do an OnlyFans, but I don't want to show my face. Don't hit me up with that bullshit because you know what? Don't do it half-ass. This is a problem that I've been having with a lot of girls where they'll say, hey, I want to do OnlyFans. Because the idea of they're making an OnlyFans and they're going to become rich, it's 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 not true for everybody, okay? If you don't treat it like a nine-to-five job, basically eight hours sitting behind your computer or your phone and interacting with people and talking and taking pictures and different scenarios, different backgrounds, maybe even different partners if your boyfriend doesn't have a good enough dick to fuck on film or whatnot. If you don't have any of that stuff, don't hit me up, man, because you're wasting my fucking time. Definitely. I am not that guy that's going to be, oh, oh, yeah, well, we could do this. I'm not going to sit you and gas you up if you're kind of low-key ugly. All right? I'm going to be straightforward to you. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to say, look, this is what you got to do if you want to be have a successful OnlyFans. Because if you don't have a certain amount of followers, if you don't want to show your face, you know, if you're wishy-washy about doing this shit, just don't do it. Just Fucking made, you know, do me that favor. Just don't do it. You know, because the girls that actually make money of it, this is their livelihood. They don't, they're on this shit 24-7. They're working. They're promoting. They're not promoting fucking a, a stupid-ass boyfriend. And they're not putting their personal drama out there on, 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 on social media. Okay? And you know what? That's why I miss professionals like Gene Smays and Genevieve Jolene and other girls. Olivia Lovely, Isla Fox, the real professionals that I worked with in the past because those bitches kept their mouth shut. They showed up, they worked, they're out. They ain't telling me about their personal bullshit. They ain't telling me about their boyfriend. They ain't telling me about baby daddy. Because in reality, us as fans, because believe it or believe it or not, I'm a fan myself. You know, I'm a fan of porn. This is the reason why I fucking got into this business. We don't care or want to know about your boyfriend. Now, some of you that have boyfriends and, and promote this shit and still make money, yeah. But tell you what, you can make more money if you didn't talk about any of that shit. And I usually tell young girls, if you have a boyfriend or you or, or you want to put your personal shit out there, make a personal page for your friends and family and talk about it then. If you have a boyfriend that has an issue with what you're doing, then don't do this shit then. Or be a real fucking boss, do your thing, promote, you know, be crazy, have fun, make money, and that's it. Okay, you can't have an insecure boyfriend and then you're doing this shit. Now, either he's willing to fucking bankroll you, say, hey, this is how much money I was making off OnlyFans. You know, this is what it costs to be with me because you're asking me to stop what I'm doing. And, and this is not just even OnlyFans. This is even like with dancers. I mean, a lot of dancers that... Don't start dating the dude, and then he now all of a sudden he has a problem. You doing what he met you? He met you at the club. So what the fuck? What do you think you know she's gonna do? So I told a lot because even guys have hit me up. Oh my girl has an OnlyFans. I don't want her doing it anymore. Okay, we'll pay her whatever money that she was making a month. Then guess what? You need to provide that for her then, because other than that, shut the fuck up or support her. You know, help her out. Promote her, do whatever you can, be a fucking man. I started an OnlyFans because 
from the last podcast, people were like, what the fuck? You don't have an OnlyFans. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, first of all, I know a lot of people that have OnlyFans. Shit, my ex-wife has an OnlyFans. She has two, as a matter of fact. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Because the reason, here we go. The reason why I haven't came out with BarrierGirls.com is because I didn't want to use, or I don't want to use any of the old shit that I had before. Because I'm still sitting on a lot of equipment. I'm, I'm sorry, a lot of material that we shot years ago. And this is years ago. I don't give a fuck. This is not new stuff. This is old stuff that I just sat on for because we're supposed to do Buyer Girls magazine. And you know what happened to magazines and printed media, print, printed media pretty much went down to shit. So unfortunately, when we, when we went from BuyerGirls.com to Buyer Girls magazine, and I think I've spoken on this on, on past episodes, we shot a lot of content for Buyer Girls magazine. But again, our profit would have been a dollar out of each magazine after you pay the distributor, after you pay the printer, after you pay the designer. And that's not even including paying us ourselves. So we would have got like a fucking dollar profit for each magazine. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to do all this work just for a fucking dollar profit. So fuck the magazine business. But anyways, I, I sat on a lot of content. So I say, like, fuck it. I'm going to put it out on OnlyFans. And I'm going to shoot in which I am shooting new content and it's going to be hardcore boy, girl bullshit. And it's not going to be just fucking pictures and solos. It's going to be hardcore boy, girl. So when I relaunch buyergirls.com, it's going to have that kind of content. So I decided to do an OnlyFans and just put out all the old content that people were asking for. So there you go. I know what I'm talking about. And in two days, I mean, in two days, I cracked over a thousand dollars. And that's just because I have almost 30,000 followers on Instagram. I have almost ten thousand dollars, ten thousand followers on Twitter, and Snapchat just got reported. So fuck that. But anyways, I have a lot of followers, and people know the name Barrier Girls, and they're used to, and they used, they're used to some of the models that I, I work with, and they want to see all the old shit that I never posted, put out, put out there. So there you go, girls. I'm, I'm very lenient. I'm cool with you guys, but. The way I see it sometimes is like, y'all need to be a little smart about this. If you want to make money again, nine to treat it like a nine to five job, cut out all the personal bullshit and stick to it. Eventually you'll make money. All right. That was my little rant about OnlyFans because again, this from the last fucking, from the last podcast, I got a lot of feedback and again, it was 50, 50 good and bad. And if you're still sticking with me through the podcast, I appreciate it for being patient. I got a lot of messages about, hey, what the fuck is the newest podcast coming out? So, again, I'll get, I'll jump to it right now. I got the news that my brother has uh, stage four brain cancer. And he's pretty much done. He's pretty much cooked. Now, the problem with that, the problem with that is that he lives in Mexico. And he's basically in the streets, homeless, and it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal how he even got there, how all this shit went down. So being, having my brother as my older brother and living with him as a kid was the equivalent of living with a shark. And that's pretty much the way I could sum up my relationship with my brother. My brother was a hardcore gangbang, hardcore. I mean, you name it, 
he went through the system. He went through the prison system from uh, juvenile to the ranch to county to state, federal, <laughs> you name it. He did it. And having him as a brother, having him coming in and coming coming having him coming in and out of my life pretty much all my life it he just wasn't there for me he he made his mind up that he was going to do this and the thing about it is like we got raised by the same man my dad raised both of us equally i want to say but and you know he had a mother he had a mother and father he had food he had we were not poor we were not raised poor we we were not rich by no means, but we had money growing up. And I mean, by money, I mean, we were like the first people on the block to have cable. And if you grew up around the same time I did, if you had cable in like in 82, 83, you know, you were fucking balling, you're rich. So that's the way it was with my brother. I mean, we grew up pretty much with the same rules, but my brother, decided he wanted to live that lifestyle. He wanted to live that fucking OG fucking gangster lifestyle. And he did. We grew up, we grew up, we were born in Mexicali and we, 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 and we moved to LA, East LA. We have family there and the gang shit started getting crazy. This is late seventies. And we lived, uh, near Strada courts. Um, of Whittier and Lorena, and we're our clique was Barrio Barrio Nuevo, a V and E actually, but we were kids, we were youngsters, we we're babies, and my mom thought that it was getting crazy with the gangs and all that shit, so we moved up north, we we moved up to San Jose, but guess what, they have gangs in San Jose too, so yeah, my brother got into the into the gangs really young, really, 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 really young. And that was his whole lifestyle. That was, that was it. All the cops knew who my brother was. Every time the cops will see my brother, or again, this is like eighties, late eighties, I'm sorry, late seventies, uh, early eighties. Every time, every time they see my brother, they, you know, hit the lights, you know, go frisk him real quick and let him go for, it didn't matter. Back then it was different. But again, my brother had a, a different set of rules. My brother had a different way of looking at things and, and seeing things and being in prison or in jail pretty much all his life. He, he didn't fuck around. Let's just, let's just say that. I always laugh when it comes to gang names, you know, Casper or Sleepy, like different gang names like that. My brother's name was Chingon. Now, you don't give somebody that name if they're a pussy. My brother's name was Chingon because that's what he was. My brother used to box when he was a kid, and he's, he, he was a pretty really good boxer. <laughs> so my brother was a guy that's going to go fuck you up if you need to get fucked up. He was that dude. And, you know, we grew up in East San Jose, went to high, high school, San Jose High School, all this bullshit. But I never really knew what my brother did. I would just see him for a few months and then he'd get locked up for a couple of years. And I'll see him for another few months or whatever and he'll get locked up again. 
But I didn't know anything really about my brother until I had a job. I was working at this place and we were talking about it. My last name came up and he goes, Acuna, Acuna. He's like, you got a brother named Carlos? I go, yeah, it's my older brother. He's like, damn, you're Chingon's brother. Like this dude like lost his mind. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you knew my brother? He's like, yeah. He's like my brother was like my, my homie. Like he was like my, he was like an older brother to me and he would always take care of me. And I remember driving back home. I got like a lot, a lot, a little, a little emotional because I didn't have that relationship with my brother. And he's my brother. He's my real blood brother. But my brother, I guess, took this guy under his wing and, you know, was teaching him the ways of the street and all that bullshit. Because, you know, one thing about my brother, he didn't, he never wanted this for me. He never wanted me to jump in the lifestyle. So going back to, how I felt about my brother. We had a really crazy relationship where he, he didn't want this for me. He would always tell me, you don't have the heart for this. You don't have the heart for this, carnal. I don't want you doing this shit. But what is a younger brother going to do? A younger brother is always going to look up to their older brother, no matter what they do. Either do good or they do bad. And I was that kid that always had good grades. And I was, I, I love books. I love reading. I loved, learning. I was a little fucking nerd. I was like the only kid at Peter Burnett when they used to have spelling bees that I would do the Spanish spelling bee. And then after, after everybody left the stage, I will stay in and do the English spelling bee. So I was that kid. <laughs> I was that little fucking nerd, but I was still fascinated with the lifestyle. I fascinated with my brother, the way he dressed, all the pretty girls that used to come around him and he always had money. And, and it's just the whole lifestyle, the whole homeboy, the little homie lifestyle listening to all these, all the, all this shit. I was fascinated by it. I grew up around it. All my brother's friends were homies and it was just like crazy. It was just, you look up to your brother, but my brother never let me go that step. So one time when I was like eighth grade and I was a big kid, I was not a small little kid. I was a pretty big kid. By the time I was in eighth grade, I was already like 150, 160. I was like five, eight. So it was pretty big, especially in the eighties and shit. Um, my brother used to have this, this folder where he used to write all his graffiti bullshit or whatever. So I took it to school with me one day, you know, thinking I'm a little badass. He had all his little gang tags and all his bullshit or whatever. And I, I came home one day and my brother saw me with it. And he's like, Hey Holmes. He's like, you know, if the wrong people see you with that shit, they'll fuck you up. I'm like, I don't care. I'm down. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's like, I'm down with the click out, like, you know, just talking, you know, talking, you know, crazy shit, trying to be hardcore. My brother goes, all right. It's like, all right, cool, 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 cool. So you want to be down? You want to be down with the homies and shit? Tell you what, you don't have to get jumped in. Oh, excuse me. If you hear my, if you hear snoring, that's my dog in the background. I have a Frenchie and that motherfucker snores like, <laughs> so sorry. He's sitting close to me. Well, anyways. I'm not going to wake him up. Um, So my brother goes like, all right, so cool. You're down. You're down with the homies and shit. Tell you what, you don't have to get jumped in. I'll jump you in. And if you, he's all, I'll vouch for you. I'll vouch for you. I'll jump you in. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Fuck it. Let's go. So think about my brother's five years older than me. So I'm like 14. He's 19. And this motherfucker just 
got out of the fucking ranch. Um, either ranch or Elmwood, one of those places. So he was yoked. Because back in the 80s, they would let these motherfuckers lift weights. So this motherfucker was yoked. And he was tall. He was like 6'1", almost 6'2". And, you know, 19-year-old. I'm sorry. Uh, I was 15. So he's five years old. Yeah, so he was like 19, 20. So we go to the backyard. And he's like, he's like all right, all right, tough guy. Put your arms up. I'm like, all right, cool. So I pull my arms up like I'm going to fight. Last thing I remember was a fist coming right through my fucking little baggy ass, you know, fist. I, I had my fist up, you know, like a, like a, like a boxing stance. And again, the last thing I remember was his fist coming right through the fucking fist and boom, lights out. So I remember waking up in my room with the biggest fucking head. I thought my headache, I thought my brain was going to fall out on my, my head. I'd never been punched. You know, I was a little punk kid. Yeah, I'd never been hit in the face by a man. And I woke up. I was like, fuck, man, what the fuck? And my brother was sitting down. But then when he saw me get up, he's standing over me. He's like, if I ever, ever see you walking around with that shit again or talking about this this, this bullshit, I'm going to fuck you up again. And he walked out of the room. And he took it took one punch. It took one punch for him to change my whole life, my whole outlook on life. Because see, now you hear, you see a lot of people talking shit, a lot of keyboard gangsters and people just going back and forth and talking shit. But I tell you what, most of them have never been hit in the face. It's a certain feeling when you get hit in the face by a man. It it Because first of all, it hurts like a motherfucker. But it just changes your whole outlook. Maybe I shouldn't be talking so much shit. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I shouldn't do that because you start thinking about that punch and you're like, yeah, that didn't feel good. So that's exactly what my brother did to me. My own brother knocked me the fuck out. You know, you hear that common fancy knock sense into me. Oh, he definitely did because after that, I started playing football. I started wrestling. My grades got higher. I totally went against everything that he, 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 uh, he, uh, he was doing and I want to thank him for it. And I, I never got the opportunity to, to say thank you for having the courage to knock some fucking sense into me because if it wasn't for him, who knows what I would have done or if I would have joined a gang while he was in jail, a lot of shit couldn't happen. And, I never got the chance to thank him. And when I heard the news about him, it just brought back all those memories. And my brother would always tell me, like, you know, you don't have heart for this homes. Like you don't have you don't have the mean streak in you. You're not a mean guy. I don't want you to be like me, you know. I don't want you to go through all this bullshit. I need one one of us guys to one of them one of us has to take care of mom. He would always tell me that. But he always I remember, and it, and it always hurt me when he would say, I didn't have a heart. I didn't have a heart. Because as a young man, obviously, you, you know, you're getting your manhood question. And um, that's, it, it made me play sports harder when you know, I played football and I wrestled. And for wrestling, went all the, went all the way to state. And for football, I was basically football captain. So I was like, motherfucker, what do you mean I don't have heart? Look, look what I'm doing. Plus being a straight A student, 
Like, I definitely have heart. But in his eyes, into the street, he would always say, you wouldn't survive in jail, bro. You wouldn't last a day in jail. So forward a few years later, and I went to, I went to the Army. I, I uh, yeah, went to Desert Storm. I was attached to 101st. I was a medic. And uh, my brother, my brother took it really hard. His dumbass was trying to go. Actually, he did go to the recruiter office and he wanted to join the army so he could go fight with his brother. You know, that was his mentality. He didn't know you can't just fucking join the military and right away they're going to, you know, put you in the same unit with your brother. Plus, you know, having multiple felonies, even back then, he was not qualified this motherfucker's out there trying to fight the recruiter and shit so they could send me to go fight with his brother, which is, that was my brother's mentality, basically. And um, when I got out, when I got out of the service, I mean, when I got out, when I came back from the storm, he was in jail. He was in, actually, he was in Elmwood at that time, getting ready to be sent to St. Quentin, but he was at Elmwood before he got processed and was sent up there. And I went to go see him. I was wearing my uniform because the guards were being kind of dicky. So, but Desert Storm was like a big thing back then. And he, I talked to the people there said, look, can I just see my brother? I, I got to go back pretty soon. I just came back from war and I want to see my brother. And the guards were, they were pretty cool about it. They're like, fuck it. You know? And again, I was wearing my uniform. So that guy was kind of like a, I did it on purpose. So, I'm going to do a podcast about the military in the future. So I'm not going to really talk about a lot of shit about now, but he heard my brother heard some of the shit that I did out there. Uh, and when I, I, I went to go see him in Elmwood and we were there at the visitor center. He, he saw me, he came up to me and saw me and he gave me a big old hug and he started crying. You know, he started crying and he, 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 he was, he was tapping my chest. He was tapping my chest and he was like, you have a, you have, you have a heart, homie. You have a heart. You have a bigger heart than I do. You know, and, and, you know, you are brave. You're, you're braver than, than, than what I could do. And it, it just, it brought it all together for me. You know, I finally got, the, I finally got the, the, the recognition and, and the love, you know, from, from my brother. I, I finally, I was finally recognized by my brother and it made me realize that, excuse me, he, that he did love me. And I didn't realize it. Growing up, I always thought he, he hated me. I always thought maybe he thought I was a pussy. But he he loved me in his way. He couldn't show emotion because he was from the streets and he was a hardcore gang member. But that was the only way he could show me love, by punching me in the fucking face, by telling me not to be a fucking idiot, enjoying this bullshit, and just, you know, don't do what he does. But seeing him in jail and 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 him doing that and hugging me and crying and told me he loved me. 
and telling me that I did have heart just was like another punch in the face. Because, he, again, it changed my life again. I'm like, holy shit, you know, my brother actually does love me. You know, he does respect me. He does, you know, see me as an equal to him. So it 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 made me feel a lot better. And uh, forward a few years after that, I got out of the Army, and he got out of, I believe it was in Pelican Bay, and he got out. And I, I can't go into a lot of shit, but basically what he was doing, he was collecting from different people. He was uh, one of those guys, like, if you didn't pay whatever taxes or dues, you know, my brother was the guy you'll go see. You will be the guy who you'll, you'll go talk to you. But one time I remember we were talking and he was like, you know what, bro, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm over this shit. Because after being in Pelican Bay and, he saw a lot of shit. Again, guys, I can't get into a lot of shit. <laughs> I'm not going to get into a lot of stuff. So he's basically done. He was done with everything. And out of respect, he was given like a day to get the fuck out of town, pretty much. And they told him, hey, if you're still around, you know, if you're still around here in a day or two, we see you, you know, you're, you're done. So my brother's like, all right, cool, I'm out. So my brother left. He went to he went to Mexico, and I never really talked to him again. I saw him a few times, but living in Mexico versus living versus living in Mexico on the street versus living out here is two different fucking animals and shit, you know. So my brother Tony changed. He wasn't the, he wasn't the badass I he was before. He was really skinny. He's doing drugs out there. Uh, he became a shell of the man or the person that I grew up with. Last time I saw him, he was a skinny, skeleton-looking person. I didn't, I didn't think that was my brother. I was like, we were driving, and we saw him. My sister goes, oh, there's Carlos. And I'm like, what? And I I just, I, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, how is that my brother? That, that old, powerful person that, you know, that I knew growing up. And I saw him, we were talking, I gave him a little bit of money. It's just like, man, you know, just what can you say? You know, what can you do? You you can't, once somebody chooses a life like that, it's over for them. You just got to let them do what they're going to do. And I guess they're going to die whenever they're going to die. But yeah. And then again, recently I heard that he was going to, he had terminal cancer. And he's just waiting to die. And that was it. You know, it brought back all those memories of my brother and I. I resented my brother for many years because my my oldest son, part of the reason why me and my ex-wife raised my son really hard, really strict, because we didn't want him to be that that guy. I didn't want him to be like my older brother. I wanted all my kids to have an older brother that they could look up to, that they could like, yeah, depend on if, if something ever happens to me. I'm very comfortable with the fact knowing that my oldest son is going to be able to be there for my, for my kids. He's the older brother. I mean, my, he enjoyed the Marines and he doesn't do drugs, doesn't drink. He's very healthy, very smart young man. And I, I, I love him. I think he's an extension of me. And I know he sometimes gets, you know, a little upset, but, 
you just got to understand that when you're the oldest kid, when you're the oldest, you're gonna get the most shit because you're expected. You're expected to to get that beaten because guess what? You're an extension of myself. You're basically a younger version of me. So I'm glad that my oldest son will be able to be that older brother that my kids could look up to. That the one older brother that I never had that came to give me advice, to talk to me, to to Say, hey, you know, make sure your credit is good. Make sure your 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 checks always balanced. Make sure you buy a house. Make sure you get a good job. I never had that for my brother. I got that one putazo that fucking definitely, I guess, you know, leveled me out. Because, yeah, I'm serious. That, that one fucking punch, and I still remember how much it hurt. But, again, that one punch really fucking changed my life. Because, like, God knows what, what would have happened to me. If he wasn't there to fucking hit me and straighten me the fuck out with just one punch, that's all it took. Sometimes it takes two or three punches, but it took one punch because that shit fucking hurt. So Carlos, Chingon, wherever you are, man, I I love you. And I'm kind of sad that I don't get to say it to him on his face, but. I, I do love him. I love him. And and, and I'm sorry that we didn't have uh, a, a close relationship. And I'm doing this podcast just to let you guys know, if you guys have a brother or a sister, just reach out. Life is short, especially in these crazy-ass times and shit. And just tell them how you feel about them. Tell them you appreciate them. Just tell them, hey, you know, you may have this. We may have differences. We may have things like that going on, but you know, you're still my brother. You're still my sister. I love you. And that's it. You know, just keep it simple if you have to, but at least reach out to them and tell them because it's a fucked up feeling that you don't get to kind of say that to a person that you were very close with at one point. So if you have a brother or sister, mom, dad, whatever, just reach out to them. I'm horrible at reaching out to people. So who if I, who the fuck am I to give advice, but still, um, just do that. And, um, that's it. Really? I mean, I didn't take any notes from this podcast. I'm just going off the top of my head. So excuse me if I'm a little emotional, but you know, my podcast is not going to be all about ass and titties. I told you guys from the beginning. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank you guys for listening and thanks for supporting the podcast. And I I have a couple of interviews set up and I have an OnlyFans and I'm going to sound so basic, like pretty much every fucking chick out there. The OnlyFans is going to have some, of, I'm going to record some of the um, podcasts that I do. I'm going to record them and I'm going to put them on OnlyFans. I'm going to go live on OnlyFans. But Again, uh, the reason why I won't do YouTube because YouTube is very strict about the music and I don't want to change the music. I like the fact that I have a song for every podcast that I do. And that's a definitely fucking no-no on YouTube. So, Because I think that every song that I put on the podcast is kind of gives you like a little introduction about what I'm going to talk about. So, And I have a pretty good interview coming up, pretty famous person. 
and I'm gonna put it live on. I'm gonna go on OnlyFans live, and then you guys will be able to um, listen to it for free. And now, excuse me, if you guys are wondering what the OnlyFans is, OnlyFans.com forward slash El Jefe del Barrio. So I ain't gonna tell you how to spell it. Just figure it out. I'll be dumb. So OnlyFans.com forward slash El Jefe del Barrio. And again, it has. Well, it's having all the old photo shoots that we did and all the behind the scenes shit. It's the videos I even edited. It's raw. I just, I'm just slapping it in there because most of you guys love that shit. You guys love all the behind the scenes shit. You guys love all to see what we do in the background. So if you love that shit, all that stuff is on there and um, it's actually doing pretty good. And I enjoy watching the old work. Um, Again, I want to thank you guys for listening. And again, I'm not going to take another fucking week off or two weeks off. I was just kind of just kind of dealing with some shit with my brother and shit like that. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you for following the social media. Hope you join the OnlyFans because, again, I don't charge for anything. I don't charge for a podcast. That shit's free. But it's not free for me because I have to pay for fucking bandwidth. And the more people download this shit, the more I got to pay. Serious. <laughs> I got a fucking bill. Like, wait a minute. How come it's more than last month? But when you get over a thousand downloads per podcast, it starts kind of adding up a little bit. And I'm not bitching. I'm thankful that you guys are actually listening. And when you get a thousand downloads per episode and more than, uh, I think the Jinx Mace interview got like, um, 1500, almost 2000 downloads. So thank you. I, I thank you guys. I appreciate it. I'm not bitching. I'm just thankful, but this shit ain't free. So. If you guys could help out, check out the OnlyFans. Again, OnlyFans.com forward slash El Jefe del Barrio. There you go. I'm not going to spell it. It's too long to spell. Um, so again, hit me up. My official email is Alfonso at BarrioGirls.com. If you guys have any questions, concerns, you want to bitch at me, you want to praise me, or you want to give me show ideas or who to interview, who to talk to, hit me up. Again, Alfonso at BarrioGirls.com. And that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Al rato. <laughs>